Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. So glad to have you here with us on today's show. We've got a lot of things that we want to discuss on the program today. We'll talk about impact players for the Duke football team in 2022. Transfer portal updates on both football and men's basketball for Duke. And also it'll be softball and baseball time at the end of our show. Talk a little bit about those batted ball sports for the Duke Blue Devils. Again, my name is JJ Jackson. I proudly serve as the host of Lockdown Blue Devils. You can follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Be sure to also subscribe to our Lockdown Blue Devils YouTube page to watch the show daily. Thank you for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first listen every single day. As we get started on today's show, I do want to talk a little bit about some potential impact players for Duke football going into 2022. And of course, when you look at any football team, you've got to talk about that quarterback position. The quarterback position is so important. It's so fundamental. We've seen some pretty bad quarterback play for Duke ever since Daniel Jones exited the program and began his NFL career for the New York Giants. We saw a really bad year of Chase Bryce being the quarterback of Duke, the Clemson transfer, who ended up leading the FBS level in turnovers and fumbles. He was throwing interceptions. It was just really bad football. Bryce then transferred to Appalachian State, and last year actually had a really solid year in the Sunbelt Conference for the Mountaineers. That wasn't fun to see for Duke fans. Last year, Duke saw Gunnar Holmberg at the quarterback spot, and while he was better than Chase Bryce was the year prior, it was nothing to write home about, nothing substantial in the ACC. The quarterback battle this fall will be between Jordan Moore and Riley Leonard. Both of those guys do have playing experience out on the field for Duke, and that is very important. One of those guys is going to win the position, and they're two different quarterbacks. Jordan Moore, more of your dual threat, your running type quarterback, whereas Riley Leonard, he's a native of Fairhope, Alabama down south, and he's a pocket passer. But he can also use his legs and run a little bit, just not to the level that Jordan Moore can. An impact player for Duke will absolutely be the quarterback spot. It's just a matter of which of those guys step up. It's hard to pick a favorite right now. I do think there's a lot of versatility when you look at Jordan Moore, but new head coach Mike Elko, new offensive coordinator Kevin Johns, they've got a big decision to make in that regard. Also on the offensive side of the ball, how about running back Jordan Waters? Last year, the best player for the Duke football team was Mateo Durant at the running back position. But replacing Mateo Durant is going to be a really difficult task as Mateo Durant had over 1,200 yards rushing and nine touchdowns. He recently signed as an undrafted free agent with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jordan Waters does have playing experience in his Duke career, a native of Fairmont, North Carolina, six foot one, 210 pounds, 57 carries in his career for 305 yards, 5.4 yards per carry, three rushing touchdowns, and one receiving touchdown. What makes Waters a little versatile is the fact that he was recruited to Duke as a wide receiver. So as Kevin Johns starts to script the offense 
for Duke being able to throw the football to the running back, you're able to do that a little bit with Jordan Waters. And while it's going to be really difficult to replace the production that Mateo Durant had a year ago, after all, Mateo Durant did set the single-season rushing yards record for Duke football. you got to have somebody serviceable and productive at the running back spot, and I think Jordan Waters can do that. He's going to need to do that for this Duke football offense. Also, on the offensive side of the ball, impact players for Duke, Jalen Calhoun and Eli Pankel at the wide receiver spot. Last season, no receiver with 10 or more catches for Duke averaged greater than 50 yards or 15 yards per catch. Again, let me say that again. No receiver for Duke last year with 10 or more catches averaged more than 15 yards per catch on the year. That's got to change for Duke. They've got to be more productive in the passing game. The top wide receiver from last year was Jake Bobo. He left the program and he transferred out to UCLA. Jalen Calhoun was the second leading receiver. He comes back this year. He's going to be more of the volume receiver for the Blue Devils. I see him being more of your bubble screen, your short screen guy, quick slants and that sort of thing. A guy that you put the ball in his hands, he can be versatile and make plays within the first five, seven yards of the offense. Eli Pankel, going into his senior season, I would love for him to step up and be more of an impactful weapon for the Duke football team. Go down the field, stretch the field, be a vertical threat for the Duke football team. That'd be so big. Also at the wide receiver spot, Daryl Harding Jr. and John Tavius Robertson look for them to have bigger roles for Duke football going into 2022. On the defensive side of the ball, two players to highlight. Shaka Hayward, of course, at the linebacker spot, 244 career tackles so far, six foot four, 220 pounds, two interceptions in his career, three fumble recoveries, including one fumble recovery touchdown back in 2020. Shaka Hayward will be one of the leaders of the Duke defense. And then an outright team leader and a leader of the defense as well will be Dwayne Carter on that defensive line, the redshirt junior out of Pickerington, Ohio, six foot three, 300 pounds, has 48 career tackles. He had four and a half careers or four and a half sacks last year alone. He's got five and a half sacks in his Duke football career so far. Dwayne Carter is a guy that last year before the season even started, before he had a big role, was chosen to go to ACC kickoff and be a representative in front of the media, in front of the public for Duke football and David Cutcliffe's final year. I think Dwayne Carter is going to have another really big year for Duke. He's absolutely going to be an impact player for the Blue Devils in this upcoming football season. Again, the quarterback position, Jordan Waters at the running back spot. Wide receivers, Eli Pankel and Jalen Calhoun. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Dwayne Carter and Shaka Hayward. Those are going to be some impact players for Duke getting set for 2022. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the transfer portal. What's been going on for Duke football and Duke men's basketball? That's coming up next here on Locked On Blue Devils. Today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is so amazing this time of year. 150 calories is awesome for you to take in when you choose Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that you're going to find out there. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your order. 
Built.com, LOCKED15 is the promo code, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, as bars are low in calories and low in sugar. It's the best way to get your day started. It's so awesome. They've got so many amazing flavors to choose from. They're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of healthy benefits. Go to Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order at built.com. Welcome back here to Locked On Blue Devils. JJ Jackson is my name. Let's take a look at the transfer portal. We'll continue the football discussion as Duke football has been very active so far this offseason. They've got five, or excuse me, four newcomers so far from other schools. We'll talk more about these players in the weeks to come on the podcast with our buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Jordan Morant is a transfer safety coming from Michigan to Duke. Interior offensive lineman Andre Harris Jr. is coming from Arkansas State over to Duke. Offensive tackle Chance Lytle from Colorado to Duke. And then the Trone Young is a cornerback who's transferring from Iowa State to Duke. The secondary for Duke is losing Leonard Johnson and Josh Blackwell from last year's team. Detrone Young transferring from Iowa State is a Florida native. He had lots of snaps in the Big 12, so very experienced player to help bolster that secondary for Duke. It was a Duke secondary that was pretty abysmal a season ago. 311.8 yards passing per game. They gave up 32 passing touchdowns through the year. In 11 of 12 games a season ago, Duke gave up at least two or more passing touchdowns in 11 of those 12 games, including a season-high five passing touchdowns to Malik Cunningham and the Louisville Cardinals. Mike Elko, the new head coach for Duke football, comes over after being the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, a very experienced guy. He's going to have that defensive unit looking very well and performing well for the Duke football team, so expect that group to be much improved. Those are some of the transfer guys for Duke football. The transfer portal on the basketball side of things, very active right now as Again, we're still out there. A lot of people talking about that shooting guard position for Duke men's basketball. Is Trevor Keels coming back for another season, or will a transfer come in and solidify that two guard spot? I still am not as uh, I, I'm not as worried as others in that shooting guard spot. A lot of people really concerned that if no one else joins this Duke basketball team, that we're going to be in trouble. And I just don't feel that way. I think this Duke basketball team is going to be in good hands regardless of if another player joins or not. It obviously would help, but I've got a lot of confidence in what Jaden Shute can do, the incoming freshman at that two-guard spot. Joey Baker has shown that he could be productive on the offensive end of the floor. His shot has improved every year that he's been on campus. It's just a matter of giving you more on the defensive end of the floor. And if Duke were to play with a bigger, longer lineup out there on the floor, using both Derek Whitehead and Mark Mitchell together on the floor, with Filipowski and Lively as bigs, Kel Catchings coming off the bench as a wing. Like, I still think Duke can do a fine job. Uh, but some transfer portal targets. AJ Green transferring from Northern Iowa. He wore number four in his jersey this past year, six foot four. He's the two time Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year. A season ago, averaged 18.8 points per game, 38.8% shooting. From three-point range, 91.5% shooting 
from three or excuse me from the free throw line. So 18.8 points per game, 38.8 percent shooting from three point range, and 91.5 percent shooting from the free throw line. He is a native of Cedar Falls, Iowa. His dad, Kyle Green, left Northern Iowa and is an assistant coach at Iowa State. So a lot of people do believe that if A.J. Green exits the NBA draft process, that he will transfer to Iowa State and reunite with his dad. His sister Emerson is also a women's college basketball player at Northern Iowa, a very big basketball family. It'd be awesome to see A.J. Green join the Duke family and play his final year of college basketball with our Blue Devils because I do think he would be very productive. Another transfer portal option for Duke basketball, Malachi Smith from UT Chattanooga. Smith wore jersey number 13 this past season, also standing six foot four, has one year of eligibility remaining, 19.9 points per game, 6.7 rebounds per game last year, started his career playing at Wright State before transferring to UT Chattanooga. He is a native of Bellevue, Illinois, and this past season, he was the SOCON Player of the Year. He led UT Chattanooga to the NCAA tournament, where as a 13th seed, they had a 14-point lead over Illinois and lost by one point to the fourth-seeded Fighting Illini. Malachi Smith, he's got a couple of schools in the mix, Duke being one of them, South Carolina an option as well. Here's why. The UT Chattanooga head coach, Lamont Paris, was recently named the head coach at South Carolina. So that would be a power five jump for Malachi Smith if he followed his head coach from Chattanooga over to play for the South Carolina Gamecocks in the SEC. Or an option is to go play for Illinois, the team that they just lost to in the NCAA tournament, but he would be playing for his home state school. Malachi Smith, a good jump shooter, a good all-around scorer. He'd be a big addition for the Duke basketball team. And then finally in the transfer portal for basketball, Isaiah Mosley out of Missouri State. He's also in the NBA draft pool right now. Six foot five, wore number one in his jersey for Missouri State last year. Two-time first team Missouri Valley Conference player. He has said a timeline for him to make a decision would be, quote, after May sometime. He wants to play for a program that's not afraid to put the best players in tough spots. And we've seen over the years at a school like Duke, favoritism is never anything that takes place. You've got to earn every single minute out there on the floor. Duke, Kansas, Kansas State, Texas Tech have all been in the mix for the Missouri native Isaiah Mosley, who averaged 20.4 points per game last season, 6.2 rebounds per game, 42.7% shooting from three-point range. A really good three-point shooter in Isaiah Mosley. That'd be a big-time get for John Shire if he were to transfer over. Right now, those are really the only three names that you see a lot of the Duke Twitter world out there talking about, the Duke reporters talking about in the transfer portal for Duke. Again, they've got a scholarship open, waiting Trevor Keels to make his NBA draft decision, whether he's going to stay in the draft or come back to Duke for another season. But if not, A.J. Green at Northern Iowa, Malachi Smith at UT Chattanooga, or Isaiah Mosley at Missouri State could be options for Duke. We've got one final break coming up here on Lockdown Blue Devils, and then we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Duke softball and Duke baseball here on the program. Today's edition of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments 
including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. As we start to wrap up today's edition of Lockdown Blue Devils, I want to talk to you a little bit about Duke Baseball, who today opened up a three game series with NC State, the final home series of the 2022 season for your Blue Devils. First pitch today on this Friday is set for noon Eastern. It was originally scheduled for 6 o'clock this evening, but inclement weather in the area, they moved it up six hours. They're going to start at lunchtime for Duke Baseball today. Head coach Chris Pollard is 5-8 and eight all-time as the Duke coach against NC State, including a win over the Wolfpack last year in the ACC championship game. Duke Baseball won the ACC championship last year by defeating these NC State Wolfpack. It's the first time these two schools are meeting since then. You take a look at the weekend rotation for Duke. Today's starter will be Marcus Johnson. Jonathan Santucci gets the ball on Saturday, and Duke is going with TBA on Sunday. A lot of college baseball staffs like to do the to-be-announced Sunday starter to see how the first two games go. Freshman Alex Mooney has been really impressive for Duke baseball as of late. He was hitting 226 in his first 31 games of the year. Over his last 16, since he's been solidified in the leadoff spot, he's got a 400 batting average, which is just really impressive for Duke. Senior R.J. Shrek has been named one of 10 finalists nationally for the 2022 Senior Class Award. The award recognizes one senior that has notable achievements in four areas, community, classroom, character, and competition. The finalists were chosen by a committee, and the winner will be determined by a fan, media, and head coaches vote. Remember earlier this season, Duke was very impressive in their offensive series against Georgia Tech. Duke outscored the nation's third-ranked offense of Georgia Tech, tallying 34 runs in the series in Atlanta. Duke's 34 runs and 10 homers were the most in an ACC series under head coach Chris Pollard. Its 43 hits were the most in a conference series since against Virginia in 2017. Duke swept number 10 North Notre Dame in a three-game series earlier this season, April 14th to the 16th. The sweep was Duke's first three-game sweep over a top 10 opponent since at least 2000. Duke beat number 10 Florida State in the first two games of the series in 2018, but the two teams were unable to play game three of that series. So Duke gets set for a big test against NC State this weekend. They play Davidson on Tuesday, and then they play at Virginia Tech next weekend to close out the regular season. Duke softball is currently playing in the ACC Championship. Again, the ACC tournament is called the ACC Championship in softball and baseball. They won 9-6 over Georgia Tech yesterday. Did the softball team advancing to the semifinals to play Florida State. Jayla Wright was the winning pitcher for the Blue Devils. She improves to 12-2 and on the year. Five-inning pitch, three hits, three walks, four strikeouts. Jamison Cable, Christina Foreman, Catcher Francesca Freelich and Deja Davis all hit home runs for Duke. Freilich and Deja Davis went back-to-back. David Aceus was a pinch hitter when she hit her back-to-back homer in that sequence. And again, today at 3.30 Eastern on the ACC Network, 
Duke will play Florida State in the semifinals of the ACC Softball Championship. That'll wrap up today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. As always, greatly do appreciate you listening to our program here on Locked On Blue Devils. If you will, please take an opportunity to subscribe and follow this podcast. We're free wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast platform, I would greatly appreciate if you would leave us a five-star rating and review. It means so much when you do that. It's Five Star Friday right now. I love giving Five Star Friday shout-outs, including one from Greater WQ, who wrote lots of fun to listen to, five stars. JJ does a great job with content. Certainly appreciate those kind words. Also, AU Forever says comprehensive Duke coverage, five stars. JJ Jackson does a great job covering Duke athletics. This podcast incorporates interviews with great guests, and I enjoy JJ's passion for Duke, in particular Duke basketball. Again, very grateful for those Five Star Friday shout-outs. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, like this video, share it with your friends. Thank you for making us your first watch and listen every single day. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.